This is an AMI podcast. This is Double Tap Canada from AMI-audio, the place where blind people talk tech. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, back with you once again. Sweltering in the heat that is hitting the UK this week. Uh, something very unusual for us. Uh, Sean Priest is sweating in a shed in Manchester, England. How are you? Sweating in a shed. I'm going to get that put on a T-shirt. That's lovely. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you, Stephen. It is warm. Uh, it is warm. It absolutely is. You know, I've, I've got a great recommendation for you, Sean. Mm. Uh, and it's not going to seem... Uh, shocking that I say this, but I think well, you should buy a fan. I've got a fan. I've got a lovely USB fan that works perfectly well. I know it's not quite as posh and expensive as one you've just bought. Yeah, but, well, okay, before I talk about my amazing purchase... <laughs> I knew um, you had to get it in there, didn't you? You had to talk about what it. What I would say to you... Yeah, but here's the thing, right? Let pe- let the listener hear your fan. Turn that horrible okay. thing on. Right, okay, so here we go. Full speed, Ready? I can't hear myself think with that. Oh, no, it's lovely. It's a tropical breeze. It's beautiful. I just turn that off. It's slightly annoying. Yeah, it's rubbish. <laughs> no, what you want, I'll tell you one. I got this on QVC, right? I was on QVC. It was Friday night. I'd had a drink. Okay, one or two. And, um, yeah, I ended up buying this fan. Miko. M-E-A-C-O. Uh, supremely cool. It's on right now. You wouldn't even know. And it's given me a beautiful breeze. There you go. And they didn't even send me for nothing. And they should have after that plug. <laughs> you wait for another one there. Hang yeah, on, I want let's... another one for the other room, yeah. <laughs> just, just take a second. Let me see if I can hear it. Oh, no. isn't that amazing? Definitely. No, actually, that is good. Yeah, there you go. Uh, look, we've got some friends with us this week. Uh, some new friends to the show. I like new friends uh, because it means I can ask them for money and they've not got used to saying no yet. So, excellent. Um... <laughs> We've got P.S. I'm Blind on Twitter. That's uh, how he's known there. Uh, but we know him as uh, Agon. Hello to you, Agon. Hello, guys. How you doing? And uh, Brandon Cole is with us as well. Now, Brandon, you are far better than I am at explaining yourself. <laughs> so come on, explain yourself. Why are you here? No problem. I am uh, Brandon Cole from Columbus, Ohio. I'm a creature of many hats, as I like to say. I'm a blogger, podcaster, uh, video game streamer, accessibility advocate, and consultant in the game industry along with being a hobbyist voice actor and a bunch of other things. <laughs> I just do it all. Well, you know what? That's it. And, and I always say a moving target is harder to hit. And what I mean by that is, you know, it avoids the tax man, which is always good. Uh, so, that's right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Quite right, Brandon. Not that I'm suggesting anyone does that, and I'm not suggesting I do it. But, you know, I, I know friends of mine who, who do that kind of thing. I know a guy. Do you? What's just... their names? <laughs> um, well, I wouldn't. I don't, I don't want to embarrass them on air. Uh, you know, I just, you know. Let's move on. Anyway. <laughs> Let's talk about gaming this week. Yeah, this is a subject we don't touch on much, Sean, is it? Let's be honest. Yeah, but do you know why that is, though, Stephen? It's because you hate gaming. Um, I don't hate gaming. Yes. That's very extreme. Okay. You... I l- he brought me on the show because he hates gaming. <laughs> got it. It's, it's there a, you go. There. A strong a dislike. I've got to say, look, we've, <laughs> we've talked about gaming before and, uh, you know, mostly audio games. And, of course, you've got the smart speaker skills. And they're fine. They're fine. But it's, it, to me, it's not real gaming and and until they're truly accessible then yeah i'm not yet convinced that the console games and the triple a pc games are really accessible if you've got really low vision but maybe i'm going to be convinced otherwise i think you are i think you are this week because uh, one of the things i want to talk about uh, and it's uh, upcoming on a future double tap tv episode you'll be able to 
here from Steve Saylor, one of the consultants uh, towards uh, Naughty Dog, the company behind The Last of Us Part 2, uh, a company that has made this game. And uh, it's it's been talked about, it's been advertised everywhere, but the reason blind people are so excited is because it's very accessible. So uh, we're going to be talking about that this hour. Uh, we might manage to cram in some other news stories as well. Last week we talked about Samsung, of course, and their Unpacked event, and we were pretty distressed about it. I was shocked to learn, uh, and I didn't realise when we invited I, I gone on to the show here, uh, that he used Samsung phones. I'm now regretting that decision. Uh, <laughs> why Why are you not uh, using an iPhone, uh, Agon? Is, is it cost? Do, do we need to help you here? Do we need maybe a whip round? Help me I mean... <laughs> I was... You wouldn't refuse the help. <laughs> oh, no, of course I wouldn't. Of course, the, oh, SE, right the SE looks pretty nice. I'm not going to lie. Um, no. Okay, well, second hand. <laughs> I was an iPhone fanboy from like the iPhone 4. Honestly, I, I got one every year. I used to line up at midnight like one of those sad people. <laughs> oh, not at all. That's great. Oh, I don't know. Um, I remember lining up with my parents and I was really young. And now I'm like, why did I make my dad stand outside a shopping center all night just to get a phone when I could have just either got it online or just gone the next day and got it. Like, you were hoping to but, be interviewed, one of those people on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, around the time of the iPhone 6, I think when um, when was it that they introduced the one that didn't have the home button? That really annoyed me. I think that was the um, 8, wasn't it? The 8, I believe, yeah. Um, I think the 8 had the home button, but it was just haptic instead of an actual haptic, clickable. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I think it was the 10, yeah, yeah when the they did away with it ID. completely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. The 10 didn't, yeah, you're right. And it, it was, was then that I just sort of was like, I might look around and see if there's any other phones. And I really like the the Zoom feature. I think the Zoom feature on some, on Android phones is uh, better than oh, iPhone. no. I do. Well, I, so I, so I hang on, so you, you've got a bit of vision, you're using Zoom rather than using the voice. Yeah, right. yeah, okay. I'm using I'm using the magnifier. The voice assistant and talkback, I've... I can't defend it in any way. It's it's terrible. It doesn't work on anything. <laughs> it freezes. I can't even read an article without it just saying... Okay, let me just jump in here. Thing. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> okay. I can't believe I'm the iPhone guy here, the guy with the iPhone, and you're the one with the Note 10 here. It's it's I mean, it's fine. Really? I, I, I try and... So, for example, I some... You know when people send you like a WhatsApp message and it's like an essay long and you and with my little vision, I'm trying to read it with the Zoom and it takes ages. And I'm just like, let me just turn on voice assistant and see if it will read it. I turn it on. It reads the very top of the screen, the name, and then it goes down to the bottom of the screen and just misses the message completely. No matter how many times I tap it, it just won't read it. Like, I, I have no idea what's going on. No, that is and strange. It's, it's that. And it's if I see an, go on articles online, um, also, for example... Um, if it's reading a long article and it gets down to about halfway through and I get a text, it will interrupt it and then it will just go back to the beginning of the article and there's no way I... Uh, maybe I don't know the shortcuts. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being... I, I think you've just broken it, to be honest. That's <laughs> like, it's just strange behavior. Well, it you, all started you, with the shattered screen. I was going to say, you did break it uh, because it smashed to bits, isn't it? It still works. It's just got a few... Well, not I say well, few. It's it got a lot of cracks along the front of the screen. <laughs> That's probably an issue. <laughs> On a touchscreen but, device, yes. Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah, who'd have thought that would ever have an impact on the device? Um, yeah, give it another smash against the wall. Let's see what what happens next. Nice. Yeah. It might fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I mean, the thing is with with Samsung. I mean, I'm guessing you're not going to buy a Note 20 then. Um, I don't think so. No, I think I might go for either the Google Pixel or I might even just go for the cheap option and get an SE because iPhone's never been more affordable than when the SE came out, and I don't really need anything better than that. Like. 
like do you because it's got the internals of the latest yeah, iPhone that's right, yeah. and you get the home button as well oh. which is yeah, yeah. <laughs> and touch id touch id my my phone never recognizes my face my beautiful face it never recognizes it it's ridiculous uh, I, I mine does immediately oh yes. well oh, that's my. maybe because but, but you're you're american you're obviously yes a metrical face american yeah. faces only <laughs> Oh, I didn't know. It was, I didn't know it was uh, looking for attractiveness. Oh, well, obviously, yeah, that, that makes sense. Well, you're all movie stars over there. I thought that was the case. That's what, that's what Hollywood sold me. So, what are you using, Brandon? I have the iPhone 11 Pro Max. Oh, nice. <laughs> now, do you have any? Do you have, have any vision remaining at all? No, not at all. And you've got a, a Max. Yeah. Okay, you got it. You got battery life. <laughs> battery life. Right. Okay. Is the explanation right? The battery life is unparalleled. I can use my phone, and sometimes on, on days off when I'm not doing anything at all, I will use my phone all day. And I literally mean all day, maybe watching all day Netflix, reading all day audiobooks. I don't know. I'm just chilling out. Still, it will be probably about 40% of its battery after all day usage. Yeah. Yeah, it's impressive. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's that's good. That is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, see what you could have. You see what you could have won, Agon. <laughs> I mean, the the Note 10's battery life is pretty good, to be honest. I, on a full charge, it lasts me about a day and a half, which is, I mean, I can't complain with that. Be that. Yeah, but... you just can't read anything, can't do anything with it. <laughs> Just can't use it. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's always there for you. But it's on. Um, I'm guessing. It's phone's last day and a half when you don't use it. I can answer. Yeah, I can answer calls. Oh text. well, I tell you, it's worth every penny. Uh, honestly, what a fantastic piece of kit. I haven't found a smartphone yet that's been able to make a phone call, at least in any decent <laughs> level of audio quality. So, uh, yeah, if it can do that, I suppose that's something. Uh, right. Okay. Well, look. Let's let's talk about why we're here. Let's yes. not slam Samsung the whole show. Um, in fairness, their new devices do look just quite nice. Yeah, exactly. Just half of it. I mean, I, I'll be. I, I will say this though i think for someone who's got low vision i've i said this last week and i've said about a billion times for anyone who will care to listen i think samsung are probably the best smartphones for people who have low vision versus iphones which you know because of that dynamic type uh, or large dynamic uh, text uh, not being available in a number of iphone apps you will have that problem where you go back to the se you're going to really struggle to see it unless in your case you're using magnification which i, I really would struggle with just not just as a be able to see it but actually you know dealing with it moving yeah. the, the the screen around I yeah think, one but... thing i hate about the magnification on um iphone is you have to use three fingers and it's like yes yeah, it takes of... up the whereas with the with the samsung i just triple tap with one finger and hold it and then i can move it around the whole screen wherever i want to like look at so if they brought that to iphone i'd probably go back <laughs> yeah i think i think brandon should send you his iphone pro max and you should buy him an se i think that's how we, we should fix this I, I feel like that's never going to happen ever. <laughs> okay, yes. right. Well, I'm glad we sorted that. That's it. That is sorted. Uh, okay, let's talk about The Last of Us Part 2. It's uh, why we wanted to get you two on, because, uh, Brandon, from your point of view, you were someone who actually consulted, I believe Steve Saylor did. Um, yeah, but, we worked you know, together on it. You worked together on this, right. So, you know, I'm not breaking any rules by saying this, but, you know, you two worked on this. Um, I don't know how much you can talk about the, the involvement you had with Naughty Dog, but quite a bit. I guess... Not, not well, everything, but quite a bit. Well, I want to know all the juicy details. And, of course, we're not going to tell anyone. It's just between us. Yeah, right. Yeah, no one's yeah. listening. You're all right. Exactly. That's... You're fine. <laughs> it's only the world that's listening. But only no, the world. Yeah. I, I'm intrigued to know how that relationship started. How did they approach you? How did it all work? Actually, um, one of the things that has been attributed to me over the years is that I make my own luck. And that 
became true uh, really in the moment where this all started. So uh, way back in the day, back in 2014, I spoke at GDC, the Game Developers Conference, on a panel about game accessibility. Uh, that panel did fairly well. Uh, and in particular, I was informed that my speech had been the highlight of the panel. Um, I was basically told by everyone who attended that uh, that, that was the case. So it was pretty good. Um, that panel uh, introduced me to a man named Ian Hamilton, who is a well-known accessibility advocate in the games industry as well. Uh, he then invited me to speak, be one of the, the few speakers of the very first game accessibility conference in 2017. Um, when I went there to speak, I uh, one of the things that uh, one of the things that he did before our speeches started was he told everyone there, all the speakers there, he told us who was attending because he wanted us to know who we were speaking to. I think it's a very nice gesture on his part. Um, and he happened to mention that one of the people in attendance or two of the people in attendance were representing Naughty Dog. And I, I was paying attention. And uh, I decided that it would benefit my speech to include uh, mentions of the, the people that were there. So oh so cleverly, during my speech about accessibility, I, talk, I said, uh, this is not a direct quote, but I said something like, uh, what I wouldn't give what I wouldn't give to play a game like The Last of Us. And, of course, I said it knowing that Naughty Dog was there. And by the way, they're in the front row. Um, and they, they heard that. And the very next thing, and I believe if you listen very carefully, you can hear it on the recording of the speech. Uh, the very next thing that happened is one of the Naughty Dog people says, oh, we got to talk to this guy. And uh, so after my speech was over, uh, they did talk to me. They spent about an hour with me. Um, just chatting it up about accessibility and, and just throwing out kind of really basic things, really basic ideas. And I didn't know, and I, I, was, I was hopeful, but I didn't know anything was going to happen even then. But uh, the conference ends, I go back home to Ohio, and about two, two to three weeks later, I get an email uh, from one of them that is now inviting me down to the Naughty Dog studio um, to talk to the whole team about uh, what I had talked to them about for an hour. And uh, wow. to demonstrate some things and to do some stuff, so I ended up going back down there, um, and I knew I knew that what I was doing, what I was really doing uh, by going back down there um, to to their studio was selling myself at that point. I was this was the moment where I needed to convince everyone else that accessibility is not only possible but the right choice. Yeah. Um, so I did. I poured my heart into it. I did everything that I possibly could. I spoke passionately about accessibility. I uh, demonstrated examples of accessibility in other games. They actually allowed me to do that, which is really cool of them. Um, so they got to watch me play video games, uh, <laughs> a couple games in the way that I play them, um, kind of get an idea of what, what kind of things we look for. And uh, I left that, that uh, meeting uh, very, very hopeful. They seemed very positive about it. And before you know it, they were inviting me back again. And uh, it all began. So that's how it all started. Wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. And, and it's actually, it's, it's amazing, it's brilliant, and it's terrible all at the same time. And I'll explain why. Because, <laughs> it's, it, and I think you know where I'm going with this, it's terrible we are in a position where you have to have that kind of luck to get that kind of result. But at the same time, it's brilliant that it happened. Because yeah. it starts the ball rolling. And I think for us, I, I guess the big question is, and we'll talk about this in more detail as we go through this, but 
I think you know one of the things for me is it's what's next what what other games what more will come of this and I think that's a big part of this a lot of blind people asking that question yeah they are but but at the moment we have a game which is now am I right in saying it's triple A and and triple A yeah. does that mean it's 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 good does that mean it's got car insurance what does that mean <laughs> it means it means that is it is developed by a large um, what might be considered a mainstream publisher and or developer uh, big budget. Uh, game, multi-million dollar cost. Would that be in the realms of, say, Grand Theft Auto? Yes. Um, yes Red Dead Redemption? Play. Right, okay. That kind of idea, okay. In so, in that realm, yes. This is a big, big game. So this is big yes. news that they've decided to do this. So what was your role? What did you do with them? And um, can we blame you if we don't like it? I'm only kidding. Uh, kind of, yeah. Because <laughs> um, here's the thing. I was I was deep, deep, deep into the game into you know I, I was in every phase of the development process my role was the blind accessibility consultant which means at every phase of development i tested the game i provided ideas for how uh, you know we could make things accessible how things should work or how they could work uh, i worked with the design you know design team because one of the things you have to do in this in this business in the consultancy business in the game industry is you have to be willing to compromise and work together with people um, the solution that you have in your head may not be the ultimate solution that will work based on how the game is actually being developed. But if you're willing to think outside the box and work with with them as well as as you know as for them, um, you will you'll come up with solutions together. And that's what we did. We worked together basically the whole way through. Even when I wasn't there, um, I would often just my my brain just never stops. That's just the way I work. Um, so even when I wasn't there, I would still fire emails at them every now and then say, hey, I thought of this new idea. We could try this next time. <laughs> you know? And uh, it just kept going. And it, is, it, was a, it was a constant process. I, I am, it, is, it is not bragging. It is not a lie to say that I am directly responsible for not just like one or two, but several of the features that are in this game now. Several of them. That's amazing. And that must yeah. feel great to, to be It does. It really does. Especially uh, when you think the legacy that is going to leave, uh, you know, for for games going forward. I mean, this is this is now going to become part of games going forward, isn't? It? And and that's going to be because of you. Um, do do you, I mean? Do you have the equivalent of of being a lord in America? Can can you get you some kind of upgrade? On <laughs> not that? really. Not oh, really. Well, that's terrible. We'll work on that. We'll okay. email Trump immediately. Yeah, um, I'm sure he'll get right back to you. I'll be he'll be right on it. So you yeah. mentioned legacy there, but. It, is it how how receptive you mentioned firing off emails and you know being there working along in the design process um so naughty dog obviously had accessibility in mind from the very beginning but how do you feel other other developers um are thinking about accessibility do you think naughty dog's an outlier here or you think the industry is going towards accessibility the industry is moving towards accessibility anyway that said both both things are true <laughs> because the industry is moving toward accessibility at at a steady rate but even though that that's the case naughty dog is still an outlier because they pushed so hard like they 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 moved the bar so high um yeah that uh the rest of the industry now has to catch up to them um that said i can tell you right now that they will, and uh, they are. It might take some time, but it will happen. Uh, number one, because I have other projects in the works that I can't talk about. Um, oh, come on. 
<laughs> that's right. That's right. I can't talk about everything. Oh, um, terrible. But number but two, could... number two, because yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, you could. I mean, you would, yeah, I, I could, but I mean, you're walking out, right? You go to jail. I mean, how long do you be there? A couple of years? That's worth it, right? Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, double tap here. Come on, we've given up a day. <laughs> just answer me this question. God of War 2, yes or no, accessibility-wise? <laughs> You're I never going to get an answer. <laughs> I, again, I Because it's a PlayStation about... exclusive, right? Right, right. But that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, though. Um, the exclusivity is, 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 an, is a non-issue here because I, I have made a point, uh, at least from, from, where my, from where I stand, I made a point to be non-exclusive because my goal as a consultant in the game industry is to work with as many people as I can. I want to work with everyone. I want to make, I want to bring accessibility wherever I go. So I don't yeah. want to be a PlayStation guy or an Xbox guy or an anything guy. I want to work with every developer that'll work with me. So um, that uh, the exclusivity of God of War 2 has nothing to do with, uh, you know, with. So he's not going to tell you is what you say. But, but look, here's Basically, the thing, yeah. right? Here's the thing. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess what I want to know is because the, the, I come to this from a, a place. I, I am not a smart person. I say this a lot, but it's true. I tell you the truth on this program. I don't lie. And the thing is, for me, I come to this from a place of, right, I don't really understand a lot of these games. I don't play them because, you know, Call of Duty was the one that my niece, bizarrely, came to me and said, hey, let's play Call of Duty. And I said, okay, so what button is, what's, what's the one that I kill people with? And I, because that's the only button I'm ever interested in. Uh, how do I drive <laughs> forwards and how do I kill people? <laughs> and that's, there's questions for life, frankly. And um, I, I've got the remote control in my hand. I, I'm sitting there with it. I'm doing, you know, absolutely terribly. Killed within minutes. And uh, it was terrible. And I had no idea what was going on. I was just literally flailing around. It was like real life, frankly, uh, but with death at every corner. <laughs> and um, it was just not much fun in that regard. Uh, Grand Theft Auto was the one I used to dr- uh, love to drive my bus because I had enough vision to... Dr- and it was the only thing that went slow enough that wouldn't you know, career off the side of a bridge or crash into something as soon as I got in it and hit the accelerator. So, you know, th- those kind of games were, were challenging for me. And it, it, didn't, it didn't engage me. And the, the, the whole point of these games is that the story story is supposed to engage you and if you can't access the story it's lost on you so my question is with this game if i was to spend the money now and buy this game for my playstation what would my experience be as a user i think you'd be surprised i think you'd be very surprised at how it would work um from the moment you launch the game now you're in the uk so there is one concession here um that i have to make Unfortunately, so there's a feature, let me, let me go backwards a little bit. There's a feature uh, for U.S. PlayStation 4s uh, called text-to-speech. Uh, the feature allows the console itself to uh, read certain elements of the UI while you're in the system level you know, of, of, of things. It's very nice. Now, there's a feature that ties into Last of Us 2, where if you have text-to-speech enabled on your PS4, it will automatically enable text-to-speech in the game the first time you launch it. Really cool, except... That only exists in the U.S. So, uh, th- don't worry. It's, it's a very small concession, though, because when you first launch the game, the first menu to come up on screen is basically a setup menu. And um, the, you'll be on, by default, you'll be on the continue uh, button because some people just want to jump past that. They don't want to worry about all the features and setup and everything. But if you press the down arrow one time, you will hear the words text-to-speech. And it'll, it'll actually say text-to-speech off. The text-to-speech option will always be narrated so you know which one it is, even if it's off. So you, you press down once, your text-to-speech off, you turn it on, and then you have text-to-speech through the entire game. Through the entire game. Every menu is read to you. 
every option is read to you. Every tutorial message is read to you. Every note that you pick up from the ground is read to you. Every journal entry is read to you. Every environmental uh, text piece is read to you. If there's a calendar on the wall that has things written on the calendar on the wall, you can read it. Uh, text-to-speech is all throughout the entire game. Every, every, if you pick up ammo, you'll be informed what ammo you picked up and how much. If you picked up a weapon, you'll be told what that is. Every, everything you can possibly imagine read to you with text-to-speech. Upgrades, skills, all of it. Well, okay, Sean, I mean, okay, we're going to get Agon's response to this in a minute because you've obviously been playing this game and you've been talking a lot about it on on your Twitter feed and on your YouTube channel and all the rest of it. So we'll yeah, get your follow. view on this. In this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm intrigued to, to get your view on that gameplay. But, Sean, you know, for you and I, you know, we're new to this. So that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? That sounds amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm still... I mean, for me, I'm very much a first-person shooter style. That's the last sort of games I used to play, um, Left 4 Dead, Half-Life. Um, that's when I sort of the last games I used to play before I, I just, like you, Stephen, I was permanently just being shot and couldn't move and, you know, yeah. feeling for walls and things. So um, Again, just like <laughs> real life. Yes. So I'm still finding it difficult to sort of, how do you get around in a game like that? I get that the HUD and all the health and pickups and things are now text-to-speech, which is amazing. But the actual gameplay, does it does it take away from the gameplay? I suppose this is where nope. we go to... Uh... It does oh, not. okay. It does not. Um, I can go into all this. I can talk about all the features all day long. Um, so how you get around? <laughs> how you get around? Let's, let's address that. Let's address how you get around. So while you're playing the game... Um, we have a system called navigation assistance. Oh, by the way, before we, you know what, before we, again, I've stepped back again. So when you're in that initial setup menu, by the way, I forgot to mention this before, one of the things you do in that setup menu is choose a preset. They act, we actually have accessibility presets in this game. So if your, if your disability is low vision and or blindness, there is what's called the vision preset, which will automatically enable every option related to low vision and or blindness, uh, taking away some of the stress of you having to find all these options and, and do it yourself. Now, me personally, I recommend activating the vision preset and then going through the options anyway to find what uh, best suits you because there's some things that are optional um, and you can very much create your own challenge in this game depending on what you want and don't want. There are so many features here, 60 plus accessibility features here. Um, yeah that uh, you can very much craft this to, to uh, what you want and don't want. So going back to actually playing the game, um, if you've enabled the vision preset, everything you need is enabled. You'll have navigation assistance, which means if you press L3, you will be directed in the direction you're supposed to go. It'll turn the camera in that direction, and all you have to do is basically move forward, and you'll be moving towards the, the, the objective that you're supposed to, to, to find, or the, the story. The story progression is basically what I mean by that. Yeah. Um, if you want to look around and find items and loot and things like that, you can hold the R1 button, which activates what's called listen mode. Listen mode is the feature that non-disabled players also use. It basically is a feature that helps identify um, where enemies are through walls and things like that. It, it helps you see where your, where your enemies are, basically. But we can use it with a feature called enhanced listen mode, where if we hold R1 and press circle, it'll perform a scan around the area, um, you, can, you can choose the range between 10 and 30 meters, um, and it'll be a, a spherical scan around you to find any items in the area. And if, the, it, if it finds items in the area, it'll make a little ping sound. Uh, and if, it, if you hear that ping and you wanna, you, you're thinking, oh, okay, 
I want to go get that the items that it found. Then you hold R1 and press L3. It, when you when you press L3 while holding R1, instead of tracking the story, it'll track the item you just scanned for. Uh, this also applies to enemies. If you hold R1 and press Square, you'll track uh, you'll scan for enemies. And if it finds enemies, you can then hold again R1 and, and press L3 to track that enemy directly. So you can actually approach them even stealthily if you want to, um, if you want to take them out with stealth, and um, you know, approach them slowly with uh, with that. It'll track them directly, so you walk right up to them. Wow! I mean, how cool is that? I mean, from a technical point of view and an accessibility point of view, absolutely fantastic. But I do still feel like I need to ask the question: Do these uh, these aids take away from the actual gameplay experience at all? You know, does it like a auto aim hack or something? Does does it take away from the actual experience or some of the entertainment of playing the game? Well, here's the question: um, uh, We need to put it to Agon, don't we? We really yes. need to put that to Agon. Well, look, let's take a short break. We'll come back and we will put that question to you, Agon, because I want to know that answer as well. Uh, stick around. This is Double Tap Canada. And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada. We're geeking out this week. Uh, we've got Brandon Cole and we've got Agon with us as well. Uh, P.S. I'm Blind. You may know him on Twitter. Uh, we are talking gaming and in particular The Last of Us Part 2 ahead of next week's Double Tap TV episode uh, where we speak to Steve Saylor, one of the consultants on the game uh, The uh, Last of Us Part 2. He spoke with uh, Naughty Dog, the creators, uh, which is a hilarious name for a company. I love the name. It is cool. I do. Uh, but it is, it is funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, really excited to talk about the game with Brandon and uh, Agon this uh, hour because we talked a lot about the gameplay as in the um, the technical details about how it worked. And I, I think that was really helpful, Brandon, to kind of get a sense of right how this all works and obviously your role uh, in consulting with Naughty Dog as well. You worked with Steve Saylor. Uh, but let's talk about the actual gameplay. And, you know, this is one for, for you guys to kind of get into. Because, obviously, Brandon, you're hearing this, and I know you follow Agon on Twitter yeah. uh, and, and you, on YouTube, and you know what uh, he's been saying. Um, but, you know, I think it's an interesting discussion to kind of see the work you've done kind of come to life through a player. Um, so over to you, Agon. The question we were asking before the break is, how does all of this accessibility help? Does, you know, auto-aim features and all of that, does that make it easier to play? Does it hinder your playing? Does it does it lessen the enjoyment? What, where, where are you with this? Um, well, I'll start off by how I found about how I found out about the accessibility features in The Last of Us 2, because I had, I had no intention of getting this game purely because I couldn't play the first one, just because... I, I thought there was no features in there to help me play the first one. I just couldn't play it. So I ended up watching the story online and I really got into the story. I watched it like a film. Yeah, me too. And I was going to watch the second one as well. I was like, oh, I can't wait till that comes out. I want to see what happens. And then I saw the um, a interview. I think Steve Saylor did like a little mini show where he talked about it and they were talking about all these accessibility features. And I was like, oh, I've, I've got to try it now. I literally, so I, I bought, <laughs> I pre-ordered it that day. And, um, when it came, I plugged it in, I put it in the TV, installed all of that stuff. First thing that popped up, text to speech. I was like, oh my God, I've never seen this on a game before. Like that first, that shocked me. And as I got into the game, the first five minutes, actually more like the first 20 minutes, I realized, and I said, I said this to my girlfriend as well. I was like, you know what I'm going to do for the first time in my life? She was like, what? I was like, 
I'm going to sit across the room on the sofa and play the PlayStation rather than sitting up against the screen. <laughs> and it seems like a trivial thing, but it was... It, it's massive. It's, yeah, and it doesn't... The, the accessibility features are implemented in a way where it, it doesn't impede with the story at all. The um, text-to-speech doesn't talk when there's cutscenes going on. Um, the letters, it also, the it also that, ducks for, for dialogue. So if a character is yeah. talking... And the text speech uh, is also talking. It doesn't override it. It ducks. So you can hear both. Um, text speech gets quiet. Dialogue is, is the, the primary thing that you hear. Yeah. Yeah. But the way the game plays, it's, it's really, really good. There were some bits that were harder, and I had to adapt the, the play style. For example, there was this boss fight where I had to fight this giant monster <laughs> in the bottom of a basement. And I died so many times, and then I realized, hang on a minute, there's a feature where if you swipe right on the touchpad, you can literally slow down time. And then I was able to, using the slowdown time feature, I was able to complete the mission. So it's all about the accessibility features are no, not just numerous, but they're very, very customizable. You, you can tailor make it exactly how you want, basically, exactly how much accessibility. There's even a, a, a mode where if you hold circle to lay down on the ground and go prone, you go invisible. So um, a lot of visually impaired people have problems with navigating through stealth sections in a game because how can you really hide from people if you're blind sort of thing exactly yeah <laughs> but if you hold circle to go prone you go invisible so you can literally just crawl up to people and they don't see you and then you can just slit their throat um nice which is good <laughs> have, you, have you ever been, have you ever been to scotland uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding before i get letters and complaints i i live here i'm allowed to say that anyway sorry carry on the one thing I would say when it comes to the story of The Last of Us 2 um, and the one thing that I would say as a, as a recommendation is if there was a way to have more audio description of where you are because there are some scenes, for example, where um, you go into this old derelict like synagogue and you go inside and it's a big domed roof and it's beautiful. But for people who are completely blind, they'll just be going through these missions and that you can't really you don't know the environment around you because there's nothing there to audio describe it. And as the way I can see it, the text to speech is already there. Um, even if they added maybe a few lines of optional audio description or something like that for the cutscenes, just so you know, kind of know what's happening. Because I feel like a lot of blind people are going to miss out on a lot of the aspects of the story and a lot of the impactful moments. Like if there's um, like there was one th- moment where there was a sign written on the wall and you could read the sign, but you couldn't, but there was also a picture accompanying the sign and there was no description of the picture. And um, I know I, I seem like I'm nitpicking, but I think I do think I'm, I'm a bit of a champion of audio description. I, I, think, I think that, that matters, one of though. the biggest ways to go. I, you know, I think it does matter because, you know, Brandon, that's, that's the question. Though. I mean, how does that, I mean, for someone who's got uh, no vision at all, I mean, first of all, Agon, from your point of view, do you think someone who is completely blind can play this? That's a really tricky question. I've, I've heard people who are completely blind that have platinumed the game, which is really impressive. Um, is, is that GameSpeak for finished it? That, no, that's uh, GameSpeak for getting the best, the, 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 the topmost trophy in the game. You get, oh, you get trophies for doing certain things in the game, and basically means, it means you've done you everything. all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so there's evidence there that blind people can play and complete this game. Um, would I say to a blind <laughs> oh brilliant <laughs> would I say to a blind person though that uh, that doesn't own a PlayStation is it worth buying a PlayStation 
for this game, I'd probably say hold off for a few years because there's been so there's so much there's been so much progression within accessibility that in a few years there's going to be multiple hopefully anyway there's going to be multiple games with accessibility i don't i can't really say that it would be worth buying a whole console for one game okay right now brandon on that point on a, on audio description what's what, what's your view on that because it's interesting you being completely blind playing this game as you say you've you've aced it and you know platinum it or platinum i don't oh, know the term what do i know about anything <laughs> <laughs> so, believe it or not, even as someone who worked on the game, I actually agree with uh, Egon about audio description. Um, I do think that it would be great to have that in there. Um, what I'm going to say about that is going to be very cryptic, um, but I'm going to say, all, all I can say is just know that oh. my relationship with Naughty Dog didn't oh. end when the game launched. Is all I'm going to say about da, that. Da, da. <laughs> right, okay. Well, that I, means you're working on it. <laughs> yeah, don't, you don't need to say any more than that. I think we're getting it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think we're, we're, we're tuning in on that one. But, but here's the thing. That's, that's interesting because I, I did see a couple of clips of the game on YouTube. I think actually a lot of the, the clips I saw are from your uh, YouTube channel. Uh, gone. And you know, I was really interested in that because there wasn't the audio description. The other thing that kind of just, just a random point for me, just from seeing clips of the game, was that the voice used for text-to-speech, I kind of thought, wouldn't it have been good if they could have got the characters to do that voice? You know, for example, say the character's leaning down to pick something up and there's three options of things they can pick up. I'm, you know, guessing a little bit here from what I got from the video, but, you know, if you were able to pick up one of three things, if the character could say, oh, in front of me, I've got this, that or the other, hmm, what will I choose? I mean, you don't have to do it like a, you know, yeah, teenage terribly. girl. But, you know, it's <laughs> just, you know... <laughs> Yeah, but don't you think that would change it? That Wouldn't that make it more of an RPG? I think in that case, though, it would be because sometimes there's so many things to pick up. It would yeah. literally be like they're walking yeah. around going, oh, a piece of candy. Oh, a piece of candy. Oh, a piece of candy. Yeah, yeah there, there are rooms that are, there are, rooms that are what full does. Of, of loot, full of things to pick up. Because, you know, there's, there's certain areas where they want you to be prepared for the next area. And so they will fill a room with things to pick up. And if, if, that, if it happened like that, in rooms like that, then... Trust me when I say it would actually get annoying. And, and believe it or not, I, I'm actually in the camp that I think that if it was narrated by the characters, that it would detract from the story. Um, right. Okay. There, are, there are certain things that, that could be narrated by the characters and wouldn't detract. So if, if, for example, the notes you pick up that are written by other people, if they were read by the characters and if they were reading the notes, that would be cool. But I don't think every single pickup like ammo or what do I want to upgrade? What skill do I want to upgrade? I don't, I think I don't want that. I, I'm actually okay with another voice and text speech doing that for us. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. I'm perfectly happy with that. I wish all games have it, honestly. Like it, it would be, I mean, I don't, I don't know much about programming, but I think putting a text speech inside all, all games, just so that you can read the menus, because at the end of the day, every game has a pause screen. Every game has menus. And, just putting text to speech in a menu, even that is a big step, let alone all of the other things that um, have been done for The Last of Us. Yeah, I think in some respects, I, I, you know, thinking about what you're saying, I agree because the, I suppose that the character does it, like you say, it affects the story, but there is also that sense of, I often find when I'm watching a movie and there's audio description, which is always the case, it's always on with me, um, having that voice is comfortable because you know that voice is, that that's the character, that's not a character, that's the disembodied voice that's telling me on my shoulder what's going on. Um, 
Whereas if the character was kind of turning around and saying all the time, oh, isn't this a beautiful four-story house with, you know, green leaves outside? And, you know, it would all be a bit kind of weird, wouldn't it? So, yeah, they look, at a, they look at a mirror and start describing themselves. And think yeah. of the poor voice actor. He'll be there for weeks having to do all those pieces. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just wouldn't work. Um, but but it's, it's interesting. So, I mean, you know, it, it all. I think we cannot detract from the fact how good this is. Uh, the, the fact that we're in this position where we've got this game. Although... Brandon, it is also hard to uh, reconcile the fact that if you go into a game store these days, if such a thing still exists, um, then, you know, if you wanted to go in and buy a PlayStation game uh, and you're blind, this is probably the only one on the shelf that's going to be available to you. That's, that's, I, it's hard I to reconcile that, that, isn't it? I Do you? disagree okay. with that so completely. <laughs> How dare you? Go on, give it to him, Brandon. <laughs> Tell him he's wrong. <laughs> so here's the thing. While it is true that this game is getting a lot of attention, deserved attention, because it is the first ever AAA, huge, massive game to fully support from the ground up, built from the ground up, designed from the ground up to be accessible to the blind. While that is true, it is not the only game that has blind accessibility features in it. Um, there are other games that have features for the blind in them that may not be extensive as this, but do have features for us and are very playable by us. Um, one of the great examples is Madden NFL 20. Um, if if uh, PS Unblind, you said uh, you'd never heard text-to-speech in a video game before, well, Madden 20 also has it. If you're, I'm not much of a sports person, no, no, to be honest. But I, but that's good to know that's, those, that's fine. That's fine. I, I just think it's important to say that while Last of Us 2 absolutely broke ground as being, you know, has having so much of, of this stuff, uh, it's not the only thing that, that has some features for the blind. Uh, Madden 20 has menu narration with text-to-speech. And it is... So, it, <laughs> unfortunately, Madden 20's narration is not complete. Where, when I say that, I mean that, unfortunately, it doesn't narrate every menu. Um, but it does narrate a significant portion of them. I'd say probably about 70%, 70 to 80% of them. But other um, than that, Brandon, is when you're actually playing the game, is that accessible? Are you able to play that game? Yes, uh, because there are other things that help you as well. There's, there's uh, additional vibration cues in Madden 20, so you can tell if, um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're on offense, for instance, and you're running a passing or a running play, you can tell if, if the play is going to be passing, if it's a long vibration when the play starts, or a running play if the vibration is short when the play starts. You can tell when the ball is thrown um, with another, another vibration that cues when the ball is thrown, either by you or by, uh, if you're on defense by the other team. You can tell when you're about to be tackled uh, with another vibration cue. Um, the kick meter has uh, vibration cues for field goal kicks and, and extra point kicks and all the all the different kicks in football, um, American football. Um, you can uh, yes, not you can, real football. Can, yeah. Right, 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 right. You can uh, <laughs> well said. The uh, the kick meter wow. is is uh, appropri appropriately vibrates too, so you can um, you can track how powerful your kick's going to be and uh, how how much uh, you're going to put into it. Um, let's see. There are uh, additional assistance as well for if you're on defense. Uh, there is an ass there's assistance feature where you can automatically navigate towards the ball carrier. So if you're trying to get the ball away from them, you can navigate to that. There's a bunch of little things. So again, it's 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 again not as extensive as the Last of Us Two. There are certainly things that I would wish for in the game, but absolutely you can play it, and I do play it. I have been playing it. Um, would sorry. Would you agree then that? Um if not the only accessible game, would you agree that The Last of Us 2 is probably the only story-driven action and adventure accessible game that blind people can pick up and complete from start to finish, though? Yes. Uh, 
by by yourself, yes. Um, there are other games that uh, a blind person can pick up a complete start to finish that require some level of, of assistance. There are some games that require only a small level of assistance. So if, as long as you get help through a couple of particular annoying bits, then you can complete the rest of the game on your own. Um, but The Last of Us 2 is probably the only one that you can absolutely, positively, no, no question, without a doubt, complete by yourself as a blind So can I just ask then, so the both of you, uh, console owners, um, as, as I said, I'm, I'm unconvinced as a person with very little vision that a console is of any use to me um but you you both would say that's just not true and uh, there yeah is i enough, would say that's not true there's enough accessibility out there in the games that uh you know they can be fun and entertaining yeah i mean, I, I would i would say that i i would i, I would kind of disagree with that i would kind because of, i have a little bit of i have a little bit of sight and i use all of my little bit of sight to play games I've, i think i've been gaming for about 15 years now yeah just sort of as a hobby and um i mean if i lost my sight tomorrow i'd i'll the only game i'd be able to play on my console i think that i I own is the last of us 2 um i don't think i think what the future it looks really good because one good thing about the next generation consoles um, specifically the playstation 5 is um the implementation of like 3d audio i can't wait it's been it's been used in a recent game called Ghost of Tsushima, if um, you guys have heard of it, I did a video on how you can use 3D audio to follow certain uh, indicators on the screen. And I think 3D audio is probably the future of accessible games because once you put a headset on, you can in that game, you can literally hear what direction the arrows are coming from if people are shooting arrows at you. There's, a, there's a, um, certain collectibles where you have to follow... A, it's a Japanese game. You have to follow like a fox to its den and then get like a little charm and stuff like that. Of course that. you do. It's Japanese. And, <laughs> makes no sense. And I got, I got, I got. You don't kill on the those fox, things. do you? No, no, no. no you, you just follow fox. it. Oh, but, um, okay. I, now Stephen's not stu- interested. <laughs> <laughs> Can I drive a car over it in the end? No, right. Okay. Well, I'm not interested. Uh, well, it's feudal Japan, so you you have to invent the car first. But, um, <laughs> I had uh, a lot. I was going to do something, haven't I? I was going to work yeah. for it. Okay. Yeah, I had a lot of trouble following the foxes because they sort of dart through the brush and you can't see where they're going at all. But there was a little option on the audio settings which said headphones brackets 3D audio. And I was like, okay, let's try this. And it works with any headphones. You don't have to have any specific headphones. Um, I just put my, I've got Apple earphones. Um, I put them into the bottom of the PlayStation controller. And with those earphones, you can literally hear the direction that the fox is walking in. And you can literally close your eyes if you want, completely not use any site and just follow it um cool. there is a lot more you i don't think you can play no you you won't be able to play the game if you're completely blind no no because there's people have tried a lot of things that need to be done <laughs> but so so this opens up another yeah. question right uh, and i think it's an important question to ask and it might seem unusual for this program to ask it but is it okay that some games aren't accessible i think right now it is Oof controversial i think if last of us 2 showed us one thing it's that if you put accessibility first when you're or if you focus for on accessibility from the beginning you can make any game accessible and i, I stand by that yeah. and before but, the last of can us you, 2, i believe that before yes, can, you can you make any game accessible i, mean, yes. okay, I believe right, you yes. can 100 percent. thank you thank you agon because uh <laughs> this is uh, one of my tenants as well like um as as someone who works in the game industry i have to be the way I see it anyway, this is just my, the way I see things. I have to be the optimist. I, ha- I have to be the solution guy. 
if, if I'm hired by any game developer, it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what game they're making. I have to be the guy that comes up with how that game becomes accessible. I have to. Yeah. So I need to but believe. But can you, can you make every game? Like I think about Grand Theft Auto, for example. Yes. And I think about getting in my yes. bus and driving. How, how can a blind person do that? Um, so, can I answer this question? Or? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Say, we're both I don't care who answers it. I just want to know. I was just going to say, if um, with the navigation assistance that The Last of Us showed us, you could implement that within any game. You want to go to your objective, click a button, it will face the camera to that objective, then you just drive that way. Um, with GTA, for example, there's a game coming out later this year called Watch Dogs Legion, which is kind of like an open world GTA set in London and you can hack stuff and whatever. But in that one, they have it set, I think, a few years in the future and they have self-driving cars. So you can literally get in the car, put in where you want to go and the car goes off. And there's no reason why they can't have that in GTA, why you can't just put in your destination and the bus drives off. But things like that, things like auto-aim um, and text-to-speech, they could be implemented in any game whatsoever in one way or another. Obviously, they'll have to be adapted because of what to, the, like, if the game's first person, if the game's third person, if it's open world, if it's um, linear, if it's a puzzle platform or whatever. But those base features, navigation assistance, text-to-speech, and some sort of aiming assistance those three features can be put into any game and that's the start it would be yeah. and yeah it would be made accessible for people you wanted to add to that Brian. i did because it's it's great that you mentioned gta because uh the pc version of gta actually has been modded by a blind person not to be fully accessible but to be accessible in as much as what i call the i call it the ultimate mess around mod um so the uh the mod implements text-to-speech for certain aspects of the game. Not, not everything, but again, it's, it's not meant to... You're not, you're not meant to play the story with this thing. You're meant to just do all the, the evil, mean things that you can do in GTA. <laughs> so, Sandbox it. Basically, yeah, yeah you're, just meant to, you're just meant to play around with it. Because um, you know, it, it would be very difficult for someone to mod it so much that you could complete the entire story, because GTA V has a huge, really complex story. Oof. But, I uh, failed right at the start when I was told to follow that car. Yeah, well, that, I right. lost then. Forget <laughs> right. that game. Turn it off. So, so the initial mod adds text to speech to certain things. Again, since it's a mess around mod, it also adds some kind of cheats too. So you can teleport to certain locations. You can summon any vehicle you want. You can, uh, you know, get, give yourself all full weapons and ammo. But it also comes with some practical things. It also comes with the ability to auto target. Um, so you can auto target uh, vehicles if you want to, you know, get in one or shoot them. Uh, it'll help you target cars, pedestrians, whatever you want. It'll target it for you. Um, but that mod can be combined with another mod that exists for the PC version of GTA V that is actually called, it wasn't even made by a blind person, by the way, it's actually called the Auto Drive mod. So uh, if you combine those two mods... That's what it says on the tin. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You can, if you combine those two mods, you can target the car you want to get into, get into it, and then if you have... Uh, uh, if you if you don't have a waypoint set, it'll actually just drive around. Like it won't it won't pick a destination. It'll just drive wherever it wants, kind of. Um, but if you do have a waypoint set, it'll drive to that waypoint. So again, you can't really, again you can't complete the whole story that way. But I'm just saying, accessibility is possible no matter what the game is. Uh, and some people are already demonstrating even even through mods that they're making game accessible. There's a game called Slay the Spire, which is a card battle game for PC which has already been fully modded to be fully accessible to the blind without any side assistance whatsoever. So, boom. 
I can't <laughs> believe I'm going to say this, but we are actually running out of time. I'm very and sorry to hear that. Before we get to the end of the show, I want to ask one more question. And again, this might seem odd coming from this kind of show, but is it maybe time we stopped looking at the accessibility features as something else, an additional extra, as only for us? I'm not saying we're doing that, but I, I wonder if the, in terms of categorizing the, the features in games, and this applies to a whole wide range of things. This could apply to smartphones, it could apply to computers, it could apply to anything. Is it maybe time we started to merge in some of these features into everyday life for everybody so that other people could benefit from this? So I thought um, when the first Sp uh, Spider-Man game came out on PS4, um, I was watching a review online basically about it. And they were saying, yeah, this game's great. I was like, oh, it looks really good. But the quick time events for me, which is basically uh, during a cutscene, sometimes a button prompt pops up on screen and you have like a second and a half to press it. Otherwise, you'll just fail and you'll die. And I was like, I don't think I'll be able to do that. And then just as I said that in the review, um, the reviewer, whoever was reviewing it, I can't remember, said, luckily, if, if um, quick time events annoy you, you can turn them off in the accessibility section. And I was like, oh, my God, why aren't you talking about this from a disabled point of view as well? Not that it's just annoying, but the fact that this has now made the game playable for me instead of impossible because of the um, quick time events. It's a good example. It's a good example of features carrying over. But uh, I, I have a reply to this as well, and it actually is related to Last of Us Part Two. Um, I have seen multiple cases, multiple cases of people who are not disabled using the accessibility features that are quote unquote made for the disabled in The Last of Us Two, uh, even though they're not disabled. So in one case, one of the reviewers of the game for GameSpot, when she reviewed the game, she mentioned that she ended up using high contrast mode, which is for low vision players is in the game. High contrast mode helped her find more items. She didn't, she was in a position where she was kind of on deadline. She had to work quickly. She wanted to find items quickly. High contrast mode helped her do that because it made all the items stand out. Uh, I saw another sighted person, uh, a non-disabled sighted person said um, that they used navigation assistance, the very same navigation assistance that I've described during certain sequences of the game where they have to run really fast and, and they, they, you know, you have to run to a specific spot before something terrible happens to you. Um, they used nav assistance during those sequences because it allowed them to not worry about where they had to go. They had, they could just run because they were using navigation assistance. And they said, this non-disabled person said, why can't this be in every game? Brilliant yeah, victory. Yeah. What, yeah, imagine the, imagine how key. that felt for me to know that I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely, I've done this great thing for the blind community and I feel great about that. But imagine how it felt for me to know that I'm actually helping everyone with these things that I helped come up with. Yeah, it is amazing. And it really is. And as I said at the beginning, and, and I say it again, it's a great legacy to carry on to other games. We, we do have time to get into the whole story. And I, I guess we could talk about this all day, uh, especially around the future of gaming, although we have touched on it a little bit. But I, I do hope more games do come along. I think they probably will with life cycles of these games. They will. You know, they tend to start now and then you won't see the game for four or five years. So we'll, we'll not see huge amounts of new games with all these features that I imagine uh, in the next you know, few months or, or years. 
there. But, you know, over time we will. Uh, it's been a really interesting conversation, guys. I really appreciate your time. Brandon, how can people follow you on uh, on the Tinternet? Yes, they, they, uh, I, I would welcome it. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at SuperBlindMan. They can follow me on Twitch at SuperBlindMan if they want to see me play video games live. They want to see my video archives of uh, Last of Us Part Two and many, 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 many other games on YouTube. You can follow me there at SuperBlindMan as well. Um, you can also find my website at brendancole.net. I write blogs there um, and and things and cool stuff, and you should totally go there. Um, <laughs> and also, one last thing I'd like to plug is I started a movement with my fiance called Breakdown Walls. It's an, The idea behind it is we're breaking down the barriers between disabled and non-disabled gamers, streamers, and basically just everyone, just, just, just people, breaking down those barriers uh, and bringing together people that support each other and lift each other up and help each other out. Um, and I would like to just uh, just say, if you would like to learn more about that or you know, be introduced to the Breakdown Walls crew, as we call them, just go to breakdownwalls.net. There you go. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, Agon, for you, I know you're on Twitter, uh, but you're on other platforms as well. Tell us where people can find you on the net. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PSImBlind. That's P-S-I-M-B-L-I-N-D. Um, and you can follow me on YouTube at PSI, well, it's not at, but PSI Blind Gaming, where I'm currently doing a Last of Us 2 New Game Plus walkthrough. And I'm going to do other games as well. Amazing. Well, there you go. Sean, I think we've learned something this week. I'm interested to know if you're going to rush out and buy the game now. Have you been convinced? <laughs> well, first of all, there's a thing called the PlayStation Store. So I just, you know, go in there and, and download it. So I don't have to rush out, Sean. Yeah, it's that's not true. The, that's it's true. not the 80s anymore. Okay, Mr. Pedantic. Sorry. <laughs> Are you going to quickly download the game? I think I might. Yeah, I think I might splash <gasps> out some money on this. I, yeah. It does. It's interesting. In England, games on the PlayStation Store are often much more expensive than actually buying the hard copy. Oh, Stephen doesn't care about that. <laughs> I'm a millionaire. It doesn't make yeah. any difference at all. I'll just stick it on the charge <laughs> card. Someone else can pay for it. <laughs> there you um, go. <laughs> listen, it's been great being with you guys. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, don't forget that Double Tap TV features Steve Saylor uh, next Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-TV. Do check out the episode with myself and Marco Flalo there. Uh, for now, though, from Brandon Cole, uh, from Agon, and from Sean Priest and me, Stephen Scott. Thank you. We'll be back next week. We'll do it all again then. Guys, thank you once again. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.